1: And welcome to the CineFix Top One Hundred. It's not a moon; it's a space station, and we are caught in the tractor beam until we watch one hundred of the greatest movies of all time. I'm Clint Gage, and joining me, as always, the Fear, keeping CineFix's local systems in line. Alex Stedman, Alex, how you doing?
3: I'm good. I, I have a good feeling about this. I'll say about not a about the the episode. Oh, great! Not a bad feeling as opposed feeling. to a bad. Feeling. Exactly, I a little you. twist. For I'm you. with you. Yeah,
1: uh, and also, of course, Nick, the lounge singer, Michael Calibro. How's Cal? It? How's it going, Clay? It's going, man. How are you? Good. Good. Great. Right. So this week, three episodes into our community season, how are we feeling about community as a as a theme? Does Dan's algorithm get any credit for it at all?
3: I will say community is a broad theme. It is. Like you you can find a lot of movies that like are about a groups. whole
1: galaxy. In <laughs> <this>. uh, <laughs> we're gonna do our best to do just yeah. that today. But we're we're visiting a wretched hive of scum and villainy by talking about Star Wars.
2: Are you on a star cruiser? Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi.
0: You're my only hope. What's this? What is what? He asked you a question. What is that? Help me, Obi-Wan
3: Kenobi.
1: You're my only hope. The original, Star Wars. If you need to be more specific about which Star Wars, the one that was called Star Wars. Close your browser right now and please leave. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out. Get out. No, Star Wars, that was subsequently called Episode Four: A New Hope
3: was it titled that like was it it was just before empire strikes back right? yeah yeah
1: yeah which that's one of the things i want to talk about too is the the relentless retconning that started almost immediately with this movie
2: <laughs> lover of pencils yes lover of erasers <laughs> yeah pencils with erasers george, george lucas
1: no yeah, we'll for sure talk some more about that but uh this one is is strange so 1977 the original star wars obviously written and directed by george lucas uh it, it gave us mark hamill harrison ford and carrie, carrie fisher, fisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darth Vader, one of the all-time great j- villains, The, the cuts, a, cuts I, a very intimidating the, let, silhouette. Let's,
2: let's just call him the all-time great
1: villain. I okay. he's up there. You want to do I that? Mean, I, well, I, he's up I there. will do that. I believe he was on a uh, movie list or two, yeah. making that argument over the years. The, the silhouette. Um, this is a movie that, like, it's and we were talking a little bit about this beforehand, but it, it's it's hard to prep for this actually it's quite easy is it i, th- I think what you're trying i
2: think what you're trying to say is it's quite easy to prep but what is going to be difficult is it's going to be hard to say anything new right yeah, yeah.
1: right this this i mean the, you know we can skip straight to the pedigree of i mean we can talk about some of the nuts and bolts of like the the academy award nominations Got ten Academy Award nominations. It was nominated for Best Picture, Director, Supporting Actor, Original Screenplay. Got wins for Art Direction, Costume Design, Film Editing, Original Scores, Sound, uh, and Visual Effects. Got a Special Achievement Award for Ben Burt. John Dykstra got another one uh, for the Dykstra Flex. Deservedly so. Yeah. So I mean, it was a it's a landmark movie, and it, it to say that the movie changed things for the entire business. I think is probably an understatement
2: I'd also make the argument that this this singular movie probably had the most profound effect on our list as a whole Mm -hmm. Um, because while this is Star Wars right like we're products of the 90s you know we're children of the 90s and uh, ILM would have really hit its stride in the 80s and 90s and ILM touches a shitload of movies at least on my list and I'm assuming it's like that for you Clint and it's like that for you Alex so ILM just wouldn't wouldn't exist if it wasn't for yeah this little sci-fi the, the work
1: that they did in the in the late seventies and then like they, and they kind of splintered into a couple of groups after yeah. some of the Star Wars stuff because George Lucas went up to to San Francisco and and guys like John Dykstra they stayed down in L.A. and continued working so like the it, they spread out a little bit and they they worked on everything you yeah know? Everything. like I mean we've talked about it we talked about them in our Raiders episode. Uh, we talked about them. I mean, some of these some of these names are people that we talked about in Terminator Two. Like they these guys that worked on just every cool visual effect that you can think of. Yeah, we'll talk from this from Star Wars to, uh, frankly, close to present day.
2: Not even close to present day. Like we can't we can't talk about modern Star Wars without ILM.
1: Sure. Yeah. yeah.
3: I mean, it was the birth of the modern day like VFX industry. Like even when you talk to VFX people, especially like and I've been doing that a lot with because they're unionizing right now. They'll say like. It's been around since 1977, when Star Wars was like. That's right. when it was created.
1: Like, you remember Star Wars? That yeah. was the that was where it started. Yeah, Star Wars. So again, this is another one of these movies where the legacy of this movie, the pedigree of this movie, is everything that's come since. Right? Like it obviously it, it box office, blah blah blah. Like all of that was huge, and we could rattle off a whole bunch of numbers, but that's not really what matters. What matters, like the idea that that this is, you know, it's obviously still ongoing it's it's huge IP and constantly change the canon is constantly changing and constantly growing and and evolving and all of that stuff uh, and it all started right here with the original Star Wars
3: well that's so what's so interesting about Star Wars because when you look at like the franchises that we all cover every day when you look at Marvel and like Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings those all have source material. Like this is the source material. It's like one of the few original film fra- franchises and it's like the biggest.
1: It is, it is strange to think of Star Wars as original IP. It is you know? though, yeah, because <laughs> like, now it is, it, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. yeah. But
3: this right here, what we're talking about today is original, which like it's, it's not a unknown fact but it kind of blows my mind when I think about it. Because I, again, I grew up with like Harry Potter and stuff which is based on the books. This is not. No. All from George Lucas's dome.
1: Straight off the dome.
3: Straight, Straight off the dome. For
1: better or worse. <laughs> well, for both. For both. Yeah. For better and worse, I would say. I think there's another fun thing about, uh, you know, there's the, the famous stories about the business side of this movie, too. Like the, the uh, you know, he famously went one of his paychecks so that he could keep the rights to the sequels and the, merchandise. Uh, and the merchandise. The sweetest plum. The sweetest plum. The story about the bet between he and Spielberg with Close Encounters. And Spielberg apparently still gets 2.5% of Star Wars, which is hilarious because... You know, for as as bold as it was and as confident as it was of George Lucas to bet on himself with that merchandising rights thing, to then turn around and be like, I don't know, Close Encounter's is going to make more money than Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and Spielberg's like, I'll take that bet. Yeah. Uh well,
2: this,
3: Spielberg needs that stuff. So, yeah. Know.
2: No, Spielberg knew it. what was up. He was like oh, the only sure. one that was a fan in that, like. It was that rough like, cut screening. Yeah. That, that's what I was just going to say. That, like, legendary screening. It's yeah. like him, De Palma, and like, what, Scorsese? Um,
1: I. I think Ooh, was it I probably I mean I feel Spacey like they were it. all buddies. Coppola yeah. maybe yeah they were definitely all Coppola. such friends such good friends those Hanging guys out. young young new Hollywood yeah just just talking about you know going to Tashi station to pick up some power converters <laughs>
2: complaining about <laughs> Com- the scroll
1: complaining I mean all that to say like what do you guys want to talk about with Star Wars, because like I, I mean, I get the feeling this is probably going to end up being pretty, pretty high on all of our lists. I wouldn't be surprised if it's on all four of the lists. I wouldn't be like, you know, it's going to be, it's it's hard to be right, exist in this moment, the ages that we are. Granted, we're all we're ten, 11 years apart, whatever it is. Um, not, and, and to not have this movie as just part of your vocabulary. I also you know? think it's interesting too, right? Because it's like our fandom of
2: Star Wars. We have now grown up in what will forever be the weirdest part of like the history of Star Wars, because we grew up in the '90s. I was born in '87. There wasn't a Star Wars movie that came out until I was like,
1: what, thirteen? As, as the elder statesman here, I was born in '82, yeah. And so, like, there was one. I, I was w- one when Return of the Jedi yeah was on screen. We're so really I,
3: nailing all the generations too, because I, I'm not that much. Uh, younger than you I was born in 92 and I honestly I didn't get into Star Wars until the sequel trilogy So yeah. I feel like yeah. we hit like all the
2: because I just re- and that and I think like That kind of plays into our love of of it as well because there was never anything new when I was growing up Right. Mm-hmm. I mean yes, there was it was the all the auxiliary stuff, right? So we yeah. had like the expand like the extended universe, which is now technically the legends We had the video games and things like that, but like it was always just Star Wars in like pristine immaculate condition it hadn't been he he haven't hadn't even touched it yet with like the special editions. oh but he had
1: sort of (laughs) he
3: doesn't know how not to to
1: but no i yeah so you know growing up it it was because also the thing that happened when i was when i was a kid is was vhs Right. So VHS and beta and all that stuff was sort of technically invented in the 70s, but it wasn't really in everybody's homes until like mid 80s, 84, 85, something like that. So when I was when I was a little kid, some of my earliest memories are, you know, we had to rent the whole VCR, like we rented the whole VCR to watch movies. And so like I grew up constantly having Star Wars tapes around and like I was still a big Star Wars fan, even though there wasn't anything new coming. Like I had only missed it by a couple of years. There wasn't anything new coming out until the special editions that came out in the, in the nineties. Uh, but there was, you know, there were the Nintendo games and you know, I, I'll never forget being furious at the super Nintendo version of return of the Jedi because it was so goddamn hard. Like I just, <laughs> I found it impossible to play and I gave up.
3: That is not unusual for nin- old Nintendo games yeah. based on movies. Like I remember yeah, yeah. the Lion King game was, Oh,
2: was stupid hard. Terrible. I can't explain how much of my mind was blown when I played the like battle of Hoth on uh, shadows of the empire. 64 uh, game. Like yeah. that was just But to your point, right? Like the VHS plays a huge part in like the fandom of this, because I think the Star Wars trilogy, without a doubt, is the the three movies I have seen the most amount of times in my life. Because when I was growing up, my grandma didn't have cable, and like when she would watch me while my parents while my mom was at work during the summers, I would go to my grandma's house. I would take the trilogy with me, and I knew that if I started the morning, like if I started uh, a New Hope in the morning. By the time Return of the Jedi ended, that was the end of the day, and my mom would be my mom would be here like to yeah, pick
1: me up pretty soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah, so it's just like all right, like I just got to get through the Star Wars trilogy. Star Wars trilogy, will get you through time, a day of grandma's. And my time at grandma's is done. Yeah, and you know what? Time well spent.
3: But I will say, it's like it's it's now gotten to a point where it's like hard not to be into Star Wars. Like there are certainly people who are not, but it's like if you're not, you're missing out on so much. Like the reason I got into Star Wars was because I it was. Again, like I got into it a little later in life than a lot of people, but it was like 2013 and we were talking about The Force Awakens. So I was like, I want to be psyched for The Force Awakens. So I did the Star Wars thing and got really into it. Like I could see a lot of people doing that even today with everything.
1: Like I mean, that's that's part of the conversation with, with how much Star Wars we have right now, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, because we've already talked about the distance between the original trilogy and the and the prequels is what, 16 years? It was 83 mm-hmm. to 99, I, I guess. Um, where there was just nothing, nothing new. official, and then all right, right. Um, but then all of a sudden, that trailer where you know uh, you see the—I I had the poster on yeah. the uh, the poster of, of Jake Lloyd as Anakin, mm-hmm. and the shadow he's casting is the Darth Vader silhouette. Yeah, because and- I was like, I gotta have that. I gotta have that poster. It was one of these things that it, it, it wasn't even up to me. Like I needed that poster. Like I mean, going that long between movies, and then again, but from 2005, I guess was revenge of the sith mm. four somewhere in there 2004 i, I think, was a junior in high school yeah, when that came out and which I, I got to see it early on the fox lot and Cool. that felt that is dope. that felt like th- i was the coolest person on the planet i got to not and i in that and place, i was yeah. not a fan of the prequel i was like these are dumb i hate them but then you know going to Super revenge Avengers of the sith yeah. early i was like i'm there like i'm, I'm leaving
3: that's at least the best prequel
1: yeah yeah like yeah. it's
3: the one that i'm like kind of like kinda it's, if you with. have to watch
1: one again yeah yeah you watch but you that's, watch but that's of the, the thing head. like i you know at this point I, I think the point i was trying to get around to is is like generationally like there are different you know versions of star wars fans like there's there's some people that love it all but then there are a lot of it depends on your entry point right it depends on on when you were you know when were you nine <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like what was the nearest star war to you and that was your entry point you know so
3: I, I feel like there are people who like go back and re-educate themselves like i did but yeah i mean there are some people who just there's a lot of people who start with the sequel trilogy like a lot of kids. Oh, there's a
2: ton of kids yeah that like just came up with the sequel trilogy and i mean like they're single handedly responsible for just like uh changing the critical reception of those films around it right now they are definitely they are definitely looked at as beloved yeah. you talking about the prequels yeah i'm talking yeah. about the prequels yeah. oh the
3: prequels yeah
1: right like the, the critical the consensus around that
3: yeah.
2: has
1: like changed because they're the, they the youths i i told, i saw it happen yeah that's i agree because like i feel like me none of my friends like them even a little bit. by
2: the time i was 13 i was old enough to understand that movies are bad <laughs> <laughs> movies can <laughs> be bad yeah, yeah like movies can be bad and these are most certainly one of them. Yeah. Don't be too proud of
0: this technological terror you've constructed. The ability to destroy a planet is insignificant next to the power of the Force.
2: That was right around the time where I realized that the stuff I thought was cool about Star Wars is apparently not the stuff George Lucas thought was cool about what did Star you, Wars.
3: What did you think was cool?
2: Han Solo. Yeah. As opposed I, like, to as opposed to, to Luke trade blockades. I'm I'm not I'm not gonna lie, man. Celiblorians <laughs> didn't do it for you? Yeah. Celibate priest samurai just did not seem cool to me growing up. No. But like the fucking handsome dude that's just rolling around, proud as hell, of his shitty car that like <laughs> he has like like you know, like he's just like, Yeah, I work on this in the weekends. Yeah. And then he just has the fucking coolest dog ever, and it's just like Yo, what's up? This is my dog, Chewie. We're just rolling around. You need... I
3: didn't realize you were referring to Chewie for yeah. some reason. I was like, he had a dog. Yeah. Yo, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. what's up? Yeah. yeah. This is my dog, Chewie. This is my walking carpet, oh, yeah. Chewie. He's cute, right? Yeah. He can also kick your ass. <laughs> he can I taught him your how to use a crossbow. crossbow. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Kid, I've flown from one side of this galaxy to the other. I've seen a lot of strange stuff, but I've never seen anything to make me believe there's one all powerful force controlling everything. There's no mystical energy field controls my destiny.
1: It's all a lot of simple tricks and nonsense.
2: The other thing I like about Han Solo is like, he's like the only one that is morally ambiguous, right? Like he's just like, uh, he's not like I, I, he's not like I want to save the world. He's just like, yeah, where's my money?
3: This movie really yeah. leans into that, too. Like, he and has his good that, hero's but arc, but this this one, he's like, he's such he a He has yeah. the
2: best arc, because he's the yeah. only one that actually has He has one. the only arc. Yeah. yeah. He yeah. has the <laughs> only actual arc. He's just like, what's up? I'm hanging out in this bar, right? Like, you need me to take you somewhere? Fine. Ten grand. Up front.
3: Well, like, and that's why, like, people, like, I, I don't even know if we need to spend time on the... Op- Han shot first thing but I think that we is do what, we, can. we do we, we, because I
1: listen yeah. again I think Fine. the story of Star Wars to me anyway is like how thoroughly and often it has been changed since it hit the screen to begin fundamentally with. changes the yeah. character Han Solo because yeah. I, th- I think that
2: definitely plays into his arc which we're sitting here talking about how it's the only arc in the damn movie and it's just like that movie opens with him killing a man in cold blood you know doing a job smuggling some people to a planet for money, kind of hitting on this woman, and then in the end realizing, you know, they were nice, I'm gonna try and save them. Maybe I do need friends. Well,
3: only after Luke, by the way, like, whips out every single guilt trip in the book. He, like, tries everything. (laughs) He's like, uh, but no, but like, and I get, that is why people get so passionate about it, because if you start off with a guy who would just shoot first. The, where we end up with him actually being a hero is such a stronger journey. Whereas if you have someone who shoots just because he's being shot at, that's not, a, that's not an inherently villainous thing.
1: It flattens the whole thing out. Yeah. It really does. And, and I think at the time when it, when it happened too, when, when all of a sudden Greedo shoots first, like you're looking at, at Han Solo over the course of, like the Han Solo you know in Return of the Jedi, weighed in on the decision to change him at the beginning of star wars you know which is i mean that's only a thing that can happen if you if you just continually tweak the whole thing instead of like growing a character in a different direction it's like well i'm going to tweak the character back here which is such a it's such a fascinating thing because that doesn't happen like star wars is really one of the few i mean i guess marvel now but it's you know it's so recent that it hardly counts but it's one of the few things where you can look at all of the media that's ever been made out of out of this and just kind of pick and choose what you want to be real or change something that happened back here and like you know i mean just to to bring it back to to the original star wars here like it was it was just star wars in the original with the credit roll just said star wars and that's it and then episode four a new hope was added to the credits in, like, I think it was 80, 81. I've, Probably I've seen Probably for the VHS several,
2: release, I'm going to guess.
1: I've seen several different versions of it. It was for the re release ahead of Empire Strike. Oh, back. they did, re- they yeah, did they put, put it back in theaters. They put it back in theaters in like 80, 81, 82, 83. They, put it, they did it for Return, too, I think. Yeah. But before, in the lead up to Empire, they put it back out in theaters and it was episode four, A New Hope. There were, I saw some other stories about, you know, you poke around and you hear stories, but they published the script. At one point, as a as a book that you could buy, and that book said Episode Four, A New Hope, in like the late seventies, but that was like unofficial or something. It was it's there's weird things. What's fascinating now is like there's just no way to know for sure. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I will say though you can't it, even yeah. trust George
1: Lucas. On well, no. and, uh, you also hear stories about Mark Hamill on set asking, "Why are we doing episode 4?" and George Lucas having to explain it. And then there's other guys that were like, "No, the script never had episode 4 in it at all. We never talked about episode 4 until story meetings for episode 5." You know, like it was so it depends on who you ask and what their memory of it is, and it's it's this big weird who knows. And it doesn't really matter because he made the changes. And it's just fascinating that like from the the very first opportunity he had to change something he did. And he has not stopped since. And
3: it was, a, But the, the change was a bold change, to call it not episode one, but episode, episode four. four. Like, what, what are we doing? <laughs> no, right? That's going to confuse everybody. Like,
1: I wanted people to feel like they were in the middle, of, like they'd missed something. And I was like, why? <laughs> I mean, that's kind of brilliant.
2: That's like that old like joke. It's like, well, we released up pigs in the school and we, we had them one, one and three. Yeah. So then everybody spent the day looking for two.
3: Well, and it's it's it is like because you can tell that he was like it, throughout this movie that he's hinting at a deeper backstory, but at the same time, you can almost kind of tell that like he probably didn't know that Anakin was Darth Vader, Definitely and not, he kind yeah. of just got away with it because the lines were kind yeah, of. Yeah, so big. where
1: where do you guys fall on that? I mean, I think there's there's a big question with this movie in particular, with the first movie, about like how much do you think George Lucas was planning on stuff versus how much did he how much did he have to retcon? Because like. I, I think there's there's just no way. There's just no way that he had nine movies planned. No, no. He maybe had like two. I think he probably had some ideas. Because like, you know, the original crawl, to, to the, the rough cut screening, the infamous rough cut screening where Brian De Palma shredded him for having just all of this. Like, there was stuff about the Republic and there was stuff about, about the Jedi and the Sith and all of that stuff in the original crawl. So he had some notion of like a bigger world. But like, the movie itself is so broadly, like, archetypal, right? Like, it's, like, standard Jungian stuff, like, on down to the costume design, you know? It's, like, this is, these are bad guys, these are good guys, here's the hero's journey, and here's, like, and it's it's paint by numbers in a handful of ways, but it's, like, you know, fresh new territory. Where he chose to flourish really mattered. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> like, he embellished in the right spots, and, like, so, but because it's that broadly archetypal, like, he was just, it's like, you did it. I you mean, did
2: it, he, man. He, <laughs> you, you, like, like, you, you, you
1: made it a universally relatable space opera. Like, good work, dude. That's incredible. Dude, there's no way that he was like, oh, and by the way, Darth Vader's going to be his dad next. Yeah. And then they're going to be I siblings mean, next.
3: Well, but, that's what but, the, oh, he definitely, definitely didn't know they were siblings. Definitely didn't
1: know his sibling thing. And I'm, <laughs> if, I'm,
2: if he had all three of those movies planned out, you mean to tell me, the best idea he could come up with is, like, they spend all this time, bl- like, building a Death Star. This fucking shitty kid from a desert planet <laughs> blows it up almost single-handedly, and then by the third movie, they're like, well, let's do it again. Let's just build another let's one. Let's just <laughs> build another one. Like, well,
3: that's the th- I can't believe how much he kind of got away with, too. Because, like, uh, like, even, again, going back to, like, the Anakin-Darth Vader thing, like, those lines still work with him being like anakin darth vader but it's like they're so vague right yeah yeah like i can't believe he got away with it like it it's borderline more deep than it should be right
2: how did my father die
0: a young jedi named darth vader who was a pupil of mine until he turned to evil helped the empire hunt down and destroy the jedi knights he betrayed and murdered your father
1: they're so purposefully vague and nondescript that it, it could so well. mean anything. And it, and it has turned out to have meant literally whatever we need right now. Like, what do we need next? And I think, you know, it, it's, it's fascinating to look at this movie and then... Because I have a harder time watching this movie now specifically because of the Obi-Wan series. Like, I normally, I'm like, if anybody, like, a sequel ruins, a tri- I'm like, shut up. You can just watch the original one again. But there's something about this one that I'm like, okay, see, now you've made these people look stupid. <laughs> but, because, like, that helped me, will be one Kenobi, you're my only hope, and you fought with my father in the Clone Wars, and I was like, no, no, you guys, like, hung out a lot nine years ago.
2: <laughs> That's how I feel about Solo. Like, I genuinely think that the Solo movie ruined, ruined Star Wars for me. Because, like, Solo ends with with him just being like... Yeah, no. Take the fuel, take the fuel. Give it to this rebellion you're starting. He has his right. arc before. Yeah, he has his arc before a new hope because like the solo movie takes place months before a new hope, right? Like, Something like, like that. Like yeah, a short in the grand scheme of things, a reasonably short amount right. of time. And he has his selfless arc in that movie, which cheapens, which I think is like the greatest, greatest arc in the original movie. Which is like, I'm not in this for you. I'm not in this for your rebellion. I expect to be re- well paid, right? Like one of the best lines in the movie just like solidifies Han Solo as like the ambiguously gray area as the guy just trying to get by in a, in a war zone. Right. And 35 years later, 40 years later, they make a movie where he has the same Mark can canonically slightly before, like, like six months prior, <laughs> Yeah, six, six months prior as just like, like Woody Harrelson is like leaning over him just being like, Oh, I taught you so well. You shot me first.
3: <laughs> but Cal, you learn why his name's so low. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
1: we found out where he got that gun.
3: One movie that actually makes A New Hope better is Rogue One. Because like even when I'm watching it now, because I I love Rogue One, and it's like when like Luke gets that shot, I'm like, well, thank you, Galen Urso. Like I think that makes it a little more. Ro- fun
2: Rogue Rogue One and Andor. I think yeah. that I, I I personally look at Cassie and Andor as like a, a Marvel apology for what they have done to Han Solo, because even like when you watch Rogue One, Andor's first scene is like them trapped in that alley, and the only way out is up, and it, like he's just like, I'm sorry. And he just kills that spy and starts climbing, and that's like a very, very like, that is a, that is a new hope Han Solo move. Calm down, calm down. We'll be all right. Hmm? Like when I saw that in theaters, I'm like, great. We're back to this moral, like this ambiguous, like moral gray area where people do what needs to get done in order to like defend themselves from this, like the jackboot of the empire.
3: Well, too, and I think one of the reasons why Rogue One and Andor work so well in the context is because they're about—they're not about these characters. Like, so like your qualm with Solo, I totally get. And now we're not like rewriting these characters' histories. We're writing about other characters, and we're building it's up the an world entire that way.
1: galaxy a long time ago, far, far away. We right. gotta stop talking about the same family.
2: Yeah, I also just don't think you know, Jedi or that, as interesting as, like, these people are down and out and are just trying to survive. No, I, like...
1: I think space wizards is even, like, too too fun a name for what they are.
3: <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't think they're... They're kind of like, if I could use a and d term, they're really, like, paladins almost, like, where they're drawing on some kind of divine power. But, yeah, it's not the most exciting thing.
0: You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly
2: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream.
1: So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, it, and, and I, I will say this too, like the fact that we, you can't really talk about A New Hope in a vacuum anymore no. is is what's happened. Like you can't talk about A New Hope without talk because all of the changes that were made over the years and, and some of them, some of the more recent changes you know, like the McClunk McClunky, like what some of these are just bafflingly completely needless. Like why did, why did you need to do
3: that? I don't know. You need, because that McClunky.
1: was, you need, so he says McClunky and then they both shoot three times now. Is that, I, they keep messing with that? I, have, <laughs> I don't know. Honestly. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, but it's, it's so hard to talk about the movie in a vacuum, but let's, I mean, let's try for a minute because that's theoretically what this episode is about. But like, I do think it's funny that, it's it's interesting that the first what seventeen, eighteen minutes of this movie are C three PO and R2 D twos.
3: I would venture to say that they're they're the main characters.
1: Yeah, for, for the first act, the Rosencrantz. The Rosencrantz no, and, and, and Guildenstern. Them, Yeah,
3: Like throughout the movie. It's
1: it's fifteen fifteen to twenty minutes. It's yeah. somewhere in there. I'd have to look look back at it again. But like it's, you know. I mean, you get some, you get some of Leia, and you get some of Darth Vader, and you meet them. Oh, it's just some of Darth Vader. Yeah, honestly, just some of Darth Vader. Like, it's a cool scene, but it's just the one scene, and then the rest of the time we're following three PO and R two, like into the desert, and he's like, "You bucket of bolts," and like they they have their whole back and forth thing. And uh, I do. What is he like? Don't call me a mindless philosopher. <laughs> like, it's just like that's what we're doing for the first fifteen or twenty minutes of this movie. Which to think about where where the franchise went to immediately go back on me saying like, let's only talk about this one movie, but like to think about where the franchise went and like Luke being Obi-Wan and Yoda's grand plan to defeat the empire someday in the future to like the fact that he's too boring to even start the movie with.
3: (laughs) Well, like the fact that these two droids, one of which doesn't even speak English like they're but like it works though. Like again, to like look at this in a, in a vacuum, like, I I continue to be impressed that like we're still so with these characters and like by the time that where uh, one of the sand people shoots R two D two like we've like grown to like him enough to be like well, oh and no R two oh, yeah as so falling down. yeah
1: exactly I mean but it's it's funny like thinking about watching this movie and Star Wars doesn't exist right. Like this is you're just watching this movie and there's a space battle and there's explosions and there's escape pods and there's desert planets and there's robots trying to escape with something important clearly loaded in because because that princess in in white, who's clearly, clearly a a good guy because of just how she looks. She's in
2: white. Um, Well, don't forget about the guy that's dressed out in black. The guy that's like choked that guy. And threw him against
1: the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Fighting those plans. It's such efficient and exciting storytelling. In that first 15 minutes, but the fact that we we get the main characters are these two robots. then thinking about it now, uh, and the fact that they were the are the entry the entree into the entire galaxy far far away, it started with 15 minutes of these two droids.
2: So, do we want to talk about the edit now?
1: Yeah, because right? like do this it. is
2: the thing, right? To your point, right? It seems like so crazy, but
1: apparently in the original like
2: in like the like assembly cuts of this film, it cuts back and forth between. Like Luke doing his chores on Tatooine yeah. <laughs> to like Darth Vader just, you know, boarding, boarding like the, uh, this Leia's ship. And
1: they talk about how like, there's this whole there's this whole sequence back it goes back and forth between Vader boarding the ship and then Luke like looking up and seeing it happen yeah from in the sky. from yeah so it's like the flashes in the sky and stuff like that are happening up there and he's like what's happening and then he's like running around talking to Biggs being like look up there there's crazy stuff what do you think and he's like I don't know
2: he doesn't do anything of consequence and it totally disrupts the vibe and like the building of tension and like establishing the villains. Like it just totally ruins the tempo of the film. So like Luke isn't needed at this point. And that's what it seems like Marsha Lucas figured out in the editing room. And like, to your point, that is what is one of the major saving graces of this film because that act one Despite the fact that it in, does not involve the main character, it's I mean still anybody
1: one that you associate, like R two and, and C three PO are iconic characters, but they're what I mean at minimum like fourth and fifth, yeah. right on the call sheet. Yeah. yeah. Well, and even just looking back at it now, like yeah. rattle off some characters from Star Wars, and you got like Han, Luke, Leia, yeah. Darth Vader, Obi Wan, Obi Wan. I mean, did not you get to? I mean, C three PO and R two are are in there somewhere. They're in the top ten. Yeah, they're but, they're mixed in with Chewie, yeah. right? Yeah. They're side characters, yeah. But in the in nineteen seventy seven, like they were the whole movie for, for, for twenty minutes. You were yeah. all of Close them more minutes. than anyone.
3: Yeah. Like we don't start with Luke. We don't start. I mean, in in the copy that we got, like I don't. But it was so smart because you don't really have much of a reason to care about Luke right away. Like, like I, that would have been such a yeah, stupid move.
2: To your point, right? It's it's not so much like you need someone to care about. It's that like setting up the opposition it's like this what we
1: haven't shown you the hero yet but whatever they are this is what they're up against well and there's there's also something interesting to look at it in terms of how movies are cut to be movies as opposed to movies that are cut to set things up right like we run into that all the time like movies that are over especially now especially now with with franchises and world building and and interconnected this and that's and like you know wakanda forever needs to set up Ironheart heart and all of this stuff and like um you know it's it's not quite apples to apples because this was the first movie but this was the movie if this movie didn't work then you don't get anything else. Like, And who knows, if if he hadn't have shown the movie to to Brian De Palma, and Brian De Palma made fun of him for for how bad it roots, was. Ruthless. <laughs> yeah, like, awesome. uh, if, if Brian De Palma hadn't made fun of George Lucas about how shitty this movie was, we <laughs> probably don't people. have, maybe we don't have Disney Plus right now, who knows? Like, I mean, there's a butterfly effect thing that happens there that... Um, Star Wars being what it is. If De Palma is, didn't make fun of his friends. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if De Palma weren't brutally honest. Um, and then put in the legwork. He rewrote he the rewr- Yeah, he rewrote the, the opening scroll? opening crawl Yeah, um, to be like half as long. No, I, I mean, if if this movie isn't a good movie on its own, and if that first act isn't engaging and it hooks everybody and everybody's bought in and, 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 and invested right out of the gate, like, you don't make two more of them. Like, if,
3: and the, the fact that it's a wildly simple story—if again looking at it in a vacuum, without like putting aside everything that we know now—it is a like such a simple story. I mean, even when you like look up the log line, like if you pull it up on Disney Plus, I think the log line is like a farm boy intercepts a message from Princess Leia and goes on an adventure. Like that's what happens. That's correct. And you don't have like it's extremely like the barrier to entry is so low. So that you can get like kids in on it, like I feel like we have kind of lost that in modern movie making, which is kind of sad. Just like make an entertaining, simple film. We with
2: did it. it. We called it John Wick One. <laughs> All right, yeah. to just to bring just, yeah. just to bring this back to John Wick for a second, right? Like it's just, every we'll episode, we're yeah. We'll make it an official. Segment I want. I want to. I, I, I did shit on John Wick Four a lot in a previous episode, but John Wick One is in that vein of like, you're just telling a story. This, all that movie is, is a man who got a dog from his dead wife that got killed by Theon Greyjoy. And he rages a one man war that totally eliminates the Russian mafia in New York city. And there is a moment where he uses an obscure coin to rent a hotel room and that Flynn, flim- but that's not, that's not in the synopsis though. Yeah, yeah like, it's not- You're already in the you're- details It exact- don't matter until you get there. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the, and that's the beauty of John Wick one. Like I walked out of John Wick one being like, this is easy to understand. The action scenes are incredible. I had so much fun. The last thing I gave, a shit about was man i wonder how this obscure assassin economy works <laughs> how they, uh, well guess but, what yeah. yeah and like and, and you know what like kudos to george lucas to have enough of a plan to make like that to make the larger world work but like to your point right it's just like these people are bad and we are introduced to heroes and then when we're reminded that how bad how bad the villains are it's like see this ball it's going to blow up that planet over there (laughs) Yeah. that's it yeah yeah. we're yeah, gonna blow up the what whole more planet. do you yeah like what more do you need to know about these guys are bad
3: well even like the opening shot when you ha- when you're you have like the ship looming over you and it's way bigger than the good guys it's like oh bad very which, big and intimidating which oh, by no. the way is
2: a hell of an accomplishment on ILM because it. In, in reality that ship is actually much smaller like the model is actually smaller than well
3: they're the- very good about this movie like really nails scale like even yeah. later when you have uh, the Millennium Falcon being pulled into the Death Star it yeah. really puts it all into perspective
1: well let's get into that though let's get into some of the some of the cool uh i mean ultimately practical effects yeah. that they that they did because like most of it's in camera except for like the trench run uh, no, uh not a lot of it's uncon- is, not a lot is, of, like cg not a lot well there's no cg the the trent the the 3d tron looking trench run mm-hmm. thing
2: yeah no because the the only computer that existed in the original star wars movie was the computer that controlled the dyson flex the Dykstra Flex Dykstra with Flex. All, all the cards. The Dykstra di- the di- yeah. 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 So like the only computational power that was used in that in that film was controlling the rig that held the camera that shot all of the f- like like because even when they comped it, what they did was use optical printers, which is a totally
1: manual. You're talking about all of the shots. Yeah. You, like, like the, when, you, the, when you compose them together? the spaceship shots and yeah, stuff. yeah 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 i'm talking about the trench run diagram like when the guys walk oh through yeah the now planet. that actually is CGI. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. what i'm talking about yeah you're the, right the, I'm the, wrong. The, the the weird 3d tron looking yeah. like here's where you're gonna fly like the, the wireframe yeah. of like all of that was like this some chicago institute of technology or something like that but you no, no all of the photography yeah because like i i will never not be able to not read an article interviewing john dykstra Like the, because like I and I, I barely wrap my head around how he did it. But hearing him talk about into about optical printing, and hearing him talk about the people that ran optical printing machines. Because basically, if there are four elements on screen, you shoot them all separately. And the Dijkstraflex was the thing that like made sure all the
2: camera matches, all the camera movements, all the camera
1: movements matched perfectly. And then you set up and expose different parts, and then you you stack those, basically stack those on top of them, and you run them through optical printers. But even that is like, that's an art. And that's that's that takes a, a light touch. I think I read an article just today before we started filming about where he called them magicians. And so it's like, but those are the guys that you never hear about, obviously, like the guy running the optical printer that made this shot possible. Because like, if you mess up one layer, if there's, you know, Thirty different elements on there like if one of them screws up you gotta start over you know because it's all physical stuff it feels like more magic today than it i think it did even then yeah right it's, you it's know, my like mp3s versus a record player like I, yeah 100 like. percent. right because
2: like i now understand like first off it's the bonus features of star wars that taught me what a garbage mat is and it's like literally just taking like pieces of cardboard and putting it in just so you can like roughly block out all of the green screen except like you know a small layer around the thing you're trying to key out right and apparently and I don't know this because I haven't actually physically worked with film but there's some kind of chemical that just removes blue right <laughs> yep. from like like from a, a film and it, there, there's just there's just like a, give me the blue removal chemical like just pour this on the, the just pour this on the cellulite and it's going to get rid of everything that's blue because like to us right when we key something out and at, like in premiere it's like okay let me get the key let me get the yeah, key effect click on that, and it's then, like, oh, that uh, didn't like quite it, do it I'm yeah let on me this get the eye, let me get the eyedropper yeah. on there let me fuck with the it's threshold a little yeah like with the threshold a little bit and it's just like a computer just like let me just do some math quick calm down and and then I'll just
1: just move a slider to decide how much of my hair I want I
2: don't understand how there's a
1: chemical that is just like
3: that's
2: it's like a virus
1: like a chemical virus it's like that's blue to sound like the rolling stones I do not understand
3: that's science more than technology. You know, it's that's why it's so confusing. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's
1: the thing. Like, it's a, it's engineering as much Chemical as it is filmmaking. Engineering, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I mean, but between that and between optical printers and between like the Dykstra flex stuff and like how they like it's it's a different side of the brain than than I have. Like, I don't I don't have that side of the brain. <laughs> but like that was filmmaking. That that was like visual effects filmmaking in those days. <laughs> Let's say that you wanted to do
2: that. You had to shoot, like, seven things onto a roll of film, right? Like, not only do you have to have, like, the Millennium Falcon. Like, let's say you had the shot with a Millennium Falcon in it, right? So you have to shoot the Millennium Falcon on blue screen. Then you have to take that negative of the Millennium Falcon on blue screen, and you have to do two things with it. You have to make one copy that's just black and white, right? So it's just... Here's here's the millennium falcon that is the negative space and the white is the positive space or vice versa whatever one right the point is is that you have to run that through the optical printer so then it exposes the back like it exposes the background but it has the black where the millennium falcon is because then you have to rewind that film and then shoot it again with the millennium falcon as it's photographed to fill in that spot where it was actually unexposed when they ran it through the first time but you have to
1: shoot it again on a camera that's moving in exactly the same which is that's what the dexter flex that's why he got the academy awards and all that stuff because he invented the system that or he and a bunch of other guys the system that programmed the cameras to move in exactly the same way so the piece of film that's already been exposed that has the millennium falcon on it they can then shoot it in concert the background. with the background or with another usually it was the the star destroyer was now in the background doing the thing and then they would add those two together and then they would shoot the plate that has just the planet back there or something and they would add those two and so you kept having to do that over and over and over again and you you know you do it with you know, you'd be lucky if you only have three things that you have to have to shoot. Like when it starts to get up into like the 15 or 20 or 30 or whatever elements on, on, on there. We'll talk about it more. I'm assuming on the empire strikes back podcast. That's, like, they really, yeah. That assuming, assuming empire. you guys put the rest of star Wars on your list too. Like we'll, we'll talk more about it. But then, I mean, think about by the time they got to return of the Jedi and some of the act three space battle in return of the Jedi with everything just swooping in and out and like the motion that they got figured out at that point, like, the and that was just six years later.
3: This is not an expensive movie. I think it was like eleven million, which is maybe expensive for the time, but it's still kind of like
1: low budget Yeah, I don't think it was bit. cheap for the time. It wasn't cheap. But it no. was it wasn't crazy. No. Like, say that one more time. Like eleven million in the seventies. Yeah. I mean it, it and was And that's not
3: cheap, but it's it was upper half. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but <laughs> I mean like, there listen, might have been
1: more
2: expensive
0: movies than all
2: He he clearly was charmed by George Lucas because like that dude definitely had to go to bat. It was like, it was enough money that they could afford to lose it, but it was not enough where it's just like, it wasn't a Corman picture.
1: Well, I mean, that's the other thing we can kind of talk about here. And we mentioned it a little bit earlier, but the other story for me about Star Wars is, is like the business side of it. And like George Lucas, the businessman who, like, we talked a little bit about the merchandising thing, and he, he had an option to get paid half a million more, and he gave it up. He traded it for the, the merchandising and the sequel rights. There was the, um, I mean, yeah, Alan Ladd had to had to pull some strings to get it to get it finished. Nobody, including up to and including the cast and crew during filming, wanted to make this movie or thought it was any good at all.
3: No, they like literally
1: (laughs) nobody like
3: genuinely make fun of there are some
1: there are some great and I think they were released on like the Blu-ray release of the special editions or the prequel trilogy or something. I think there was like a like a, a, a box set of all six that came out in like 2007 or something like that. Um, but they had some incredible documentaries on there, and one of them was basically just a highlight reel of people giving George Lucas a hard time, which like everybody from Harrison Ford on down to the grips were like, "The hell is this nerd doing?" Like I'm not, you know, these words don't make sense, and it's another reason that that like this is a movie that proves how like Harrison Ford is just straight up a star, because he can say these stupid words that are completely made up and nonsense sci fi words, and and look cool. He looks cool talking about like Sounds making cool. the jump to hyperspace yeah. and whatever, and he makes them look and sound cool. And it's just this nonsense nerd stuff that's completely made up fantasy, and and he he comes out of it looking looking rad. He's a well, badass. And
3: like that's something I feel like all of them at a certain point, like especially when you look at like Mark Hamill, uh, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher, at a certain point just kind of started doing their own thing, like especially knowing. Now, what we know of Carrie Fisher's personality, I think at a certain point, when she stops doing the the weird accent that she does in the beginning of the movie, like she's just being Carrie Fisher. Like that's why it works so well, just because, like she's being that kind of like stubborn, kind of like like sass. like it, you know, and that's why it works because they they were just doing what they wanted to do.
1: For Lucas and for Ladd and for for everybody else that released this movie, just to get this movie passable and out the door was uh, like a war of attrition. Because nobody, because everybody thought it was dumb. Fox didn't have any faith in it. Fox originally booked it for two weeks. Yeah. They originally booked it for two weeks because they had, a, I can't remember, the. what they, it's telling that I can't even remember the name of the other movie, that they, they were expecting to be their big summer release. And they were like, we'll put it out for two weeks or whatever, Sorcerer, Friedkin's Sorcerer, um, took over for it at the Chinese Theater in Hollywood. Uh, and people got mad, but, but nobody thought this movie was going to be anything. Even even George Lucas. He went on f- vacation. He forgot that the movie was coming out that day. But depending on some of the stories that you hear and like he he was working and he he took a break for lunch and he walked past a line of people waiting to go see the movie. And he was and that surprised him like he had no idea. Nobody knew this movie was going to be a success at all, much less Except Spielberg except for Spielberg. Yeah.
3: And it was such an anomaly, too. Like, not like, because I feel like the 70s were a little more like auteur driven yeah, and not so this much was, like
2: this is what started to put an end to that,
3: yeah, <laughs> kind of like for better or worse. But also, it's like if you look at sci fi before Star Wars, it was so much more serious. Like, you have 2001 space, like, it, we didn't really have sci fi that was this fun and adventurous know, and simple.
2: There were some damn dirty apes that.
3: I mean, well, even then, no, but that's still deeper. I would say, like that is deeper than the first Star Wars.
1: It was that was a thriller more. I mean, this yeah. was like that
3: was more. It was still yeah, more it, serious. This was super
1: fun adventure. Like you yeah. know nobody yeah. was, That was
2: not an adventure movie. I guess. Yeah, but
1: nobody it was, it was, was running around serious, like yeah. hey, let's play Planet of the Apes. Like a bunch <laughs> of kids.
2: Damn you! Damn you all the hell!
1: Like little Scott Calora just running around.
2: Hey, you guys want to play apes?
1: <laughs> but you mentioned something in the middle of there about like changing how auteur, you know, the the power of a director in, in a medium, and this sort of chipped away at it. Is there, is there a bad side to the legacy of Star Wars for you guys?
3: I mean, there definitely is. Uh, yeah, we're living in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like the thing is, I and I I don't want to criticize. 1977 star wars for it because i think it was necessary in that time like you you kind of needed that movie where parents could enjoy it and their kids could enjoy it and you could you know make series out of it you need to make
1: a good movie and what comes what comes next who knows like i mean there i feel like there's we were just as likely to get a good star wars movie and lucas was like you know if he didn't have three other ideas that he wanted to do with this with this movie like maybe there wouldn't have been a sequel you know like maybe, or maybe he would have done the other two movies and then that would have been enough and great i can move on and do something else like we would have got indie earlier
3: i mean indie too, i think is like one of those movies where it's like it's a really good movie but it set up some really bad habits so that like and i'm like so that's why i'm kind of hesitant to kind of blame it for that but it does bear I mean, some of no, the responsibility there's no
1: way to have known it's not only that
2: it's not like hollywood was ruined in the late 70s it's more like hollywood was ruined in the 2010s yeah. it took it took a while for the things that I don't like about Hollywood to manifest itself.
3: I would say it was before the tens though. I mean, you had the, you had the prequels before but they, those,
1: that wasn't Hollywood. That was, that was, that was was, was, independent cinema. that That
2: was independent cinema. Also, it wasn't until like the late aughts where like the top 20 movies of the year just got completely dominated by sequels and IP movies. Like up until then, it wasn't unusual to have new IP or just like a,
1: just a good just movie. Just a good movie. That everybody right? likes. Like that and everybody that was liked, top 20.
2: And that was the top 20 movie. Now it's just like, you're not making the top 20 unless you have a book series that, sold, that has like five books and sold millions of copies. You're a sequel to the previously anointed IP, which is like Marvel, Star Wars. Which DC. is now Star Wars. Yeah. Or like any of that stuff. And there's no way George Lucas could have known that that was coming in 1977. And all I'm saying is that I think we, I'm grateful that it took 40 years. <laughs> at for at
1: we had a good one. Yeah. yeah.
3: But it was original. Like, but you're, you're not wrong. Like, even when I, when I look at like the box office, like of 2023, I get really excited. Cause I'm like, Oh, Barbie, that's an original movie. That's based on a wildly nope. popular. It's, it's a yeah. Yeah, it's 50 yeah. year old toy. Yeah. It's a 50 year old toy. Yeah. It's uh, tough, man. It's, it's rough, rough out it. there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: It's not Star Wars' fault.
3: No. no. And again, like, ev- this was an original movie. I, I, like This was uh, an original no, movie. It's
1: kind of Star Wars. Star Wars episode four, A New Hope's fault. Yeah. You're going to blame Star Wars? Absolutely.
2: Okay. You can't start with Empire Strikes Back. It's a great movie. I'm just trying to say that, like, I guess like what I'm trying to say is now I don't understand how the current cinematic and environment is... So toxic to new IP That no one's willing to die Willing to roll the dice and invest in, in new IP
1: Is there is there a version of Of Star Wars that happens right now? I don't know Like something brand new that is in a, I mean what's, what's weird is like I feel like it, Stranger Things Might be the closest thing yeah, that, we, that might we've got right. to Because like these things that are you know they can be phenomenon, and they can have a a week's worth of the news cycle, and they'll be in the zeitgeist for a month or two, and then something else pops up, and then it goes away. Like Stranger Things has lasted a handful of seasons. I feel like it's a I feel like it's a big legit thing, that it could end up being, it, they could end up just keep making them forever.
2: Did someone did someone say John Wick? John Wick. It, it does have a TV show, but that also was original IP in, like, what, 2014 was the first Something John Wick? Like that, yeah. yeah. And it just, like, like I don't understand why the John Wick model isn't being uh, gambled on more. First John Wick cost $20 million, and then it took four movies for it to get a $100 million budget, and John Wick 4, despite all of my... uh misgivings about it still made like close to a billion dollars at the box office and that is organically grown ip in the modern era and no one is looking at john wick being like how do i make the new john wick and it's just like let me find an idea with some legs give it 20 million dollars and see if it works
0: well
3: i think you touched on it which is movies are so expensive now like we've gotten to this point where it's now they're not though they are no no no, they are like blockbusters nowadays. Like don't cost less than a hundred million dollars, which is stupid.
1: Well that's this the thing, it's like they, there's the the movie. They're People start are spending lot, less yeah. <laughs> spending a lot of money on on uh, on blockbusters. And that's the thing, is that like it's the it's the bet hedging of I'm gonna make one massive bet instead of ten smaller bets. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna put three hundred million dollars into one movie instead of three hundred million dollars across seven movies and I only need one of them to hit and I'll get my money back. You know? So it's like it's a weird but yeah, I mean John Wick, the John Wick model. The John Wick model is just Star Wars model just it, it
2: just seems weird cuz it was done 40 years later.
3: Yeah. yeah, I mean, I will say that like I, I interviewed Gareth Edwards, n- nothing to do with Rogue One. Uh but I interviewed him for the creator which like didn't do great. Um but like he was talk- talking about like pitching an original IP and how hard that is and he pitched it and the studio was like oh, that sounds really cool, but we we don't have $100 million to do that. And he was like, no, 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 guys, I can make it for a quarter of that. And they were like, oh, go ahead. Like, I think it is all – it's all—it's—it's all it risk needs, versus – It needs somebody like, –
1: and I, I feel like that's the kind of thing that A24 recently has talked about getting more into, like – bigger tentpole kind of kind of fair, but I think that's that's going to be their version of it like I would like to think that they're sitting there saying like why can't we get a John Wick I think that I think that there's a I think there's an opportunity for it and I just think it takes, they're, they're smart built people, people who it. are taste it's, it's you know it, it's Disney and it's Warner's and it's all the the big studios spending a ton of money on everything and then it's the, the Jason Blum's spending zero money on everything and there's not a ton in between The A24 is is set up to do something like that I mean that's I mean in Lionsgate who, who did it with John Wick you know it's all of these like sort of sidearm things you can see the future of a24 right now all they need is two right
2: they just need two things to do well and they'll build the ip off of that and then it's just like oh well disney's going to acquire them for like nine billion dollars like just like pixar you know it's just like okay and they haven't they they've managed to like they managed to take off take on all the risk of developing new ip they've made they've proven that they have a couple great we're going to absorb them for a couple billion dollars and now that's ours
1: and now it's going to be whatever a24 is john wick on
2: yeah, disney I, plus i just i just keep on i just
1: keep on <laughs> thinking of like the south
2: park capitalist mickey mouse like huh yeah you
3: work for me now yeah. i mean they're starting to do that though like i they ordered a sequel to talk to me like i think that's their path like they make something really good that is a lower budget and really great on its own and has a big fan base and then yeah you can build off that I just, like John Wick.
2: I, I, and to your to us all all our point is like I think that all started with Star Wars. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
3: Pokey religions and ancient weapons are no match for a good blaster at
2: your
1: side, kid. When did Jaws 2 come out? Uh not too much longer after Jaws. Let me look that up. Talking amongst yourselves. I'm, I'm right. trying to figure out 78. like 78 came out 3 years after. So Jaws was 75 jaws 278 that's one that clearly doesn't lend itself to a universe nope how many massive sharks do we need the meg two came out yeah, yeah and they had three sharks and an octopus in that one and then a bunch of weird little
2: you know? things. I'm, I'm putting this out there i do think that the meg two poster is the greatest poster of the year
1: best movie poster might be is that the one with the, like the giant shark mouth underneath the water
2: no no no, no. it's the shark Like, it's this huge shark that takes up the whole poster, and then you realize that the shark taking up the whole poster is in right behind a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Oh, yeah. So, just like to establish scale, that the T Rex is like small in front of a.
3: I'm telling you, scale matters. Because you don't, again, you don't get how big the Death Star is until you see it pulling in the Millennium Falcon. Like, scale matters. I didn't think I had seen that poster and then I looked it up and I was like, oh, I have seen
1: that Way to to pull it back to Star Wars there. We started talking about the Meg 2 in our Star Wars. I feel like we got there organically though.
3: I think we did.
2: Are we still talking about brilliant
1: moments there? No, but that's the thing that we started out this whole conversation with is like, you know, we could break down any scene in this movie if we wanted to and, and it's been done before and...
3: Like, I could say it's very pretty when he has that purple sky and the two moons. Yeah, the like twin on, yeah, yeah. sunsets, and like the, I wouldn't be the, first the representative.
1: Person. <laughs> but, you know, that, and that's the funny thing about Lucas, too, is like, I, I think as broadly painted as his archetypes are in this in this movie, there are some, he does have the capacity to do some, like, really poetic stuff with, like, the twin sunsets and things like that. Which I also think he, like, knows at least Luke and Han really well, because, like, as much as,
2: like, we're talking about how, like, you know, they're... Can, like Joseph Campbell, like J- the hero's journey types characters, right? Fundamentally, uh, George Lucas is from Modesto, California, which is a farming town, right? So it's very clear he understands the plight of a like a boring farm boy, and at the same time, he was like the consummate like gearhead greaser in like the seventies, and because that's where America, that's where American graffiti came from, and he like famously got into like a really bad car accident when he was younger, and that's what caused him to like change like the entire direction of his life and be like actually I'm done like working on cars I'm going to make movies. So you could definitely see the elements of like Han Solo and uh Luke Skywalker in uh the early like early experiences of George Lucas growing up in Modesto.
0: Mhm.
3: Yeah, I mean, but that's the thing like it's it's almost kind of like copy and paste. Like yes, that I'm sure george lucas can relate to, to luke but that's why it kind of works because every boy in a small town looking to well, a bigger a, adventure can like you know i'm a
2: boy from a small town i and I you relate
3: do you relate to luke
1: not in the
2: least he's
3: a little shit
1: I, yeah I can we him. talk about that for just a second <laughs> yeah, about how, so how that whiny little bitch terribly <laughs> annoying luke skywalker is in the first yeah. part of this movie
2: oh,
3: god he's just i hate him yeah but
2: i was going into Toshi station to pick up some power converters you can waste time with your friends when your chores are done. Now, come on, get to
1: it. You go to Tashi Station and buy converters and, like, gets them going nowhere. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's, he's not... You said I could join this year. Yeah, well, he is he, not have, a fun guy to be around. And you
3: have reason to like um, Princess Leia because, like, obviously she's introduced as this, like... This oh, she's out there making it stuff happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's this yeah. bad And she's, like being tortured flip, and being fl- fine flip, about like, it. She's yeah. flipping
2: the bird to the like space Nazis. Right. You know, yeah. just, like, I recognized your
1: foul stench yeah, as soon as I was
2: I, brought yeah. aboard. It's oh. Like, oh. And that's,
3: that, that's another line that like is actor delivery pulls out yeah. of. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And like, let's be clear, right? That's just like her saying that to a Nazi, not her dad. We're not, we're yeah. unaware of the fact that like, fuck you, dad. Yeah. <laughs> And
3: by the way, she's been tortured by this point.
2: (laughs) By her dad. Yeah. By her dad.
3: dad. Um, And like and like Han too. Like he may not be a hero at this point, but he's still really cool. Uh,
2: that's why he's really cool, right? Because he's specifically not a hero. Let's be honest, right? Probably the most iconic set in the history of Star Wars is a fucking dive bar on Mos Eisley, and it's just here here's this fucking hole in the wall like just shitty shitty bar
1: with cheap drinks and like here's a guy and They don't really mind people's it, arms getting chopped yeah off. they, they, they <laughs> don't it's even call that they, big a deal. they barely even call the cops they start the music right back up yeah
2: it's just like all right nothing to see here and then it's just like the guy with his fucking monte carlo and the Sorry part of, and, a lot the cr- and, and a lot of and a lot lot across yard. the street and mm-hmm. he's just like all right let's go
3: I do love Scum and Villainy too. There's a there's a bar in Hollywood that kind of, I think it's unlicensed. Uh, I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah, but it's, called, it's not sponsored. It's called Scum and Villainy and it just like recreates that bar and it's just, you feel so cool do when Do they have
1: that it. song on repeat?
3: The... They, I think they do. The I jizz? don't know if they're allowed to, but yeah, I think that. Yeah, they, do they play jizz there? Uh, they have like, they have really jizz. <laughs> I forgot about jizz. What, what
2: do they retcon it to? What's Recently, it? Uh, yeah. I think
3: it's just, is it, is it jazz now?
2: No. Is it just jazz? I don't Did know. we decide it's wait, jazz? Wait, wait. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm Googling retcon jizz. I'm yeah, can, see don't do com- it on your work
1: computer.
3: <laughs> uh, I do love the headlines that are like uh, Star Wars quietly removed jizz.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not, uh, that, okay, I mean, to parent, be fair, that is a thing you want to remove quietly. Yeah. Oh, it's jazz.
3: Oh, J- okay. It's
1: jazz,
2: not jizz. I...
3: <laughs> do they play jizz?
2: <laughs>
3: uh, no, but that is such a McClunky. cool
2: set.
1: <laughs> anything anything specific we need to talk about here? I mean, we t- we ran into uh, Luke's annoying. Uh, we talked about Dykstra Flex We talked about Han a bunch. We talked about the Meg Two. I think that's all the Star Wars. Do we want to talk about all the clones?
3: Oh, the clones the are Star pretty wars, funny. The
1: Star Wars clones. Yeah, like I mean,
2: is we wouldn't have or yeah the clones that no not the clone up? not the clones not the Clone, the clone wars. wars. But well, if you ask me, the clone of the Clone Wars of the clone is
1: probably the best which is Battlestar Galactica. Sure. Yeah, which yeah. is also a movie that like half the crew of Star Wars went to go work on oh, yeah. or a show. Dykstra. I think that was like the yeah. thing that like... He stayed in Hollywood specifically to work on on that show. That was his next gig, I think. D- Disney's Disney's clone. Yeah.
2: And then it's like, well, we can't have Star Wars. Can't beat him. Can't beat him. Buy him.
3: I will say, I, like I said earlier, I, I didn't really grow up with Star Wars, but I wish I'd had watched it because I would have thought Princess Leia was the coolest character on the planet. Like, I, I knew I would have been obsessed with Princess Leia if I had actually sat down and watched Star Wars as a child. And I wish I had. And credit to Carrie Fisher. She,
2: I mean, I have all my Han Solo fan fiction. <laughs> <Still>. <laughs>
3: you, written or just read? I have an outline. Okay. Fair enough. It's a couple I pages. can give you notes if you want. Yeah, okay.
2: I got an outline. Fun fact, I pitched it to Joe Keery while I was peeing next to him in a bathroom you pitched joe
1: kiri on a han solo spec script. yeah you only have an outline for it. yes i did
3: (laughs) what did he say
1: he's like i would have done that
3: he's like call my agent whatever
1: whatever i can do to get out of this conversation at this urinal
2: well it, it was at the time when like stranger things season one was just kind of blowing up which was coincidentally right around the time that the casting of solo was happening and like we had it, this was back when Facebook live was just paying people to be like paying brands to be live on the internet all the time. So we had Joe Keery come through and like, we had to talk to him and I'm just like, yeah. So apparently like every handsome dude in Hollywood, uh, read for Han Solo. Did you do it? That's actually like, true. Yeah. Like every yeah. handsome
3: dude. in Hollywood. And he
2: was just like, yeah, I did. And then like later <laughs> in the bathroom, like we're peeing and I'm just like, yeah, so I have the idea for a solo movie. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You, as a guy who read for Han Solo, uh, you could probably get this made. You're as close as I've ever come to anybody. as close as I'm going to get to getting my fanfic made.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Everything's perfectly all right now. We're
1: fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? All right, movie lists. So Star Wars has been on uh, predictably a lot of movie lists. Uh, Top 10 CGI moments from the last... Uh, Century, which the uh, Trench Run briefing, the display thing that was that was in there. Uh, it's been on two versions of Top 10 Practical Effects of all time. Your recent one and the original one from years ago. Um, the original version of Top 10 Heroes had Han Solo on it. He didn't Sick. make. It, he didn't make the cut I, for the updated one. That, that's ridiculous. But, well, because I, you know. I rearranged the whole. I, thing. I, I understand. Yeah.
2: You're trying to get. You're trying to shine a light on more obscure. Exactly. People. You're trying to educate. If I,
1: honestly, if you need, as if as if you need a video I, to tell you that Han Solo is a fun a, guy, like that's not. Yeah, me, that's, uh, that's,
2: yeah. that's. Listen, that's... As, long, as long as as
1: long as you're like, well, we went with Luke this time. Yeah, that's when exactly. I would have a problem. Top ten Mary Sue's of all time. Yeah. Luke Skywalker's Next. out there.
3: That's yeah, yeah. Um,
1: sound design. Made our sound design list. Uh, ben Burt, of course. You know, um, we actually probably should talk more about him. I we mean, should talk about him. Dar- Darth about Vader that. alone. I mean, well, I mean Dar- R2, being a, a lovable and relatable character, is all Ben Burt.
2: All right, come on. And the red one. Come on. Well, come on, Red. Let's go. <laughs>
3: It is funny cuz I watch everything with subtitles and every time I watch like Star Wars it's just like beeps sadly. But like it is crazy beeps how much sadly. yeah. <laughs> but like how much emotion they managed to fit in. Like again, like I said earlier, like when R2D2 is shot by the sand people, you you're like, "Oh no, not R2." And that's just beeps.
2: So I think that, that like dunk. I think that he Ben Burt has like the I don't want to say most significant contribution but i will say he has the most recognizable contribution which is if you took the sound of a lightsaber and played it to i'm gonna say the majority of people in the developed world and you were just like hey what's the sound and you hear like that
3: and like the pew pews of the blasters and that's what i was
2: trying to say there's probably about five of them right so it's the it's the lightsaber it's the sound of the tie fighter it's the r2d2 it's the
1: blaster, like the blaster bolts. Like you could just play a and be like, oh, that's R2-D2. Mm-hmm. And half the people that listen to it would know what he was saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like they could translate. But I,
3: and, but I, it's I like, agree with you. That it, it's so important to the movie. Like it, it's what,
1: but it's like
2: Mona Lisa level recognizable. Like if you showed yeah. a Mona Lisa to people, it'd be like, what is this? And they're like, oh, that's the Mona Lisa. And I think if you, I think if you just like played the lightsaber ignition mm-hmm. to people, they would just be like, uh, statistic, like, the majority of people that would also recognize that that's a Mona Lisa would also be like, yeah, that's the lightsaber. And...
1: And the same thing with, like, uh, I think, Mission* Millennium Falcon, just yeah. the sound Doop. of it flying and, yeah. the, uh, you know, the sound of, of going into to hyperspeed yeah. and hyperspace. Um, all of it. All of it.
3: like Darth Vader coming in hot but like his intro is so cool yeah like that's what part of what makes him so terrifying it's like the visual presence but then like it's like why is he breathing
2: so did bad? you ever feel bad for um oh, what the David Prowse yeah, yeah occasionally cause like Prowse like shot that whole movie thinking he was gonna be the voice of Darth Vader yeah I wonder Which when he really, found no.
1: out we could probably look that up I, I hope it wasn't when story. he went I to go <laughs> premier, <laughs> I
2: do about. know I do know that like so when they were shooting Empire he uh the line that they shot was uh Obi Wan killed your father. Yeah. Yeah. So he went the and only time.
1: only Mark Hamill knew, knew what it was he yeah. was supposed to be reacting to. Yeah. So he got he got fooled twice. Yeah. Oh
3: <laughs>
1: poor guy. <laughs> it
3: does make me sad.
1: Ben Burt for the win.
2: Ralph McQuery, you know, just visualizing the uh the used future. What other, what other obscure names do we have to just call out here? Because we need to establish our credibility,
1: not only as fans of Star Wars, but <laughs> as a movie podcast. Experts, filmmaking yeah. experts. So Sound Designs was one. Most Iconic Lines of All Time. We did 100 Most Iconic Lines of All Time. May the Force Be With You. Was oh, I thought you were going to say, but the power, I was supposed Toshy to go to Tashi Station. Toshy Station. To yeah. <laughs> most Iconic Referenced Fake Town of All Time, Tashi Station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Top 10 Opening Shots of All Time.
3: I love that opening shot. Yeah,
1: I, and I love that the the crawl and then the pan down is is great. I was really rooting for the last shot of Rogue One for the spaceship to fly past the crawl from <laughs> to the world, but top ten props. Lightsaber was listed in the top ten top ten props, um, and then of course the one that nobody was mad at us for top ten westerns.
3: Oh, that's funny.
1: <laughs> Wait, the people? you guys were being we very... put it in top ten westerns and as we got, it should be and got a lot of heat for it. I but, wouldn't. Yeah, because it's. Yeah. A, I mean.
2: It's the best Western. It's, it's a Western. Western
3: in a different just, setting. You
1: know, I mean, it's, I it's a broader definition of Western than I mean, just, like, it, it's dusty. But it is yeah, dusty it, for, it like, half it, the movie. It takes dusty, place yeah. in the <laughs> <desert>. yeah.
3: <laughs> it is a Western in every sense of the yeah, word.
1: Yeah, it is very much a Western. Yeah. But anyway, like, all that to say, I say, that's when I stopped looking. Uh, there's bound to be more. I mean, it's I like Seven Samurais. I like, could probably what, do yeah. top ten lists it showed up on and still have some honorable mentions left over, but... Um, and there's some more too that that are are for different Star Wars. For, like Empire shows up on some different ones. Um, we did dogfights, and but that one went to. We did the one from Rogue One because the dogfight, mm. the, the space battle at the end of Rogue One is real cool. It's the best. And it, you know, we can talk about it here too because it used some stuff from oh, New yeah. hope like it used some unused fighter pilot uh, footage, which was cool.
3: I mean, it's one of those movies where it like it impacted filmmaking so much that you can't really in any way. Yeah, it's like, like, like if,
2: if, if like seven samurai is the foundation of like action cinema, this is very clearly like the first floor.
3: Well, and it, it, we, like we were talking about in the seven samurai episode, like, you know, if we don't have a seven samurai today that everyone copies, it would be star Wars.
1: The one that didn't show up on is, is sci-fi.
3: That's well,
1: I mean, you did put it hilarious. in the westerns, and I think I think that's part of the reason why we got some heat for the westerns because I I believe those lists were pretty close to each other. <laughs> they really but uh, you know, sometimes you just gotta you just gotta troll some people. Um, all right, any I mean, did we miss any lists? Does it belong on anything else? I mean, we've we've the done scoundrels, a few best yeah, best wretched hives.
3: We must have a villains list.
1: Uh, yeah, we do. And I've done it twice, actually. I've I've revamped it twice. I have to imagine Darth is on there. Darth Vader is probably on there. No, he's not. There's an interesting watch order that is, you watch Star Wars, then you watch Empire, then you go back and watch the prequels. You skip Phantom Menace, and then you just watch Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, and then you go back to Return of the Jedi. Because, like, because... the. This isn't this isn't me. I I saw this somewhere. I have no idea where it was now. But somebody this is the point that they were making was, an Empire Strikes Back, you know, Darth Vader is galaxy's number one badass, and he's like, you know. I'm gonna cut off your hand and by the way I banged your mom (laughs) just like the most amazing badass in the entire galaxy and in the next movie he's like my boss is mean (laughs) and and so like to go from from you know Empire to Return for Darth Vader is kind of a there's a a switch that gets flipped but if you go uh, if you go flashback to him and like his sort of tragic story Back when he was a good guy, his sort of fall from grace, it softens that that turn a little bit.
3: Not to go off on a tangent, I do think I have a really hot take about the prequels, which is if you're gonna re- remake anything, you should remake something that wasn't great, but had oh, yeah. a really good idea. The Ocean's
1: Eleven rule of, of, right. of remakes. I, yeah. I like
3: the story of the prequels, the story of Darth Vader is a gorgeous one when you like look at it on a page. Just remake it to be good.
1: Just, just do it. <laughs> and we only needed the one. We only just the one. Don't make it a trilogy. <laughs> Don't
3: do it. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's no moon. It's a space station. It's too big to be a space station. You know, I feel like it's time for tours.
3: We actually, I, I'm uh, impressed with Tayo because he managed to find something that I didn't a know. A great
1: many things. Ready, there we go. Ready for him? Yeah.
3: All right. In the original draft of Star Wars, written in 1974, R2-D2 spoke in complete sentences. That
2: is true
1: uh in the yeah that's true that's true in the screenplay absolutely
3: yeah yeah that is true uh not only that but he was kind of a bully uh B- still, is kind of
2: a, <laughs> is still, still is kind of is. a
1: bully. <laughs> i give give anthony daniels credit to how much of a bully r2d2 still is yeah. just from playing off of him <laughs> well, don't you know, call me a mindless philosopher
3: one of his lines too is like you're nothing more than a dim-witted emotion brand intellectual why you were created is beyond my logic system
1: it's wonderful <laughs> Look, that's Jesus. great that's the kind of stuff that George Lucas would write, though. Like, yeah. he's, he's not the, he's not a subtle subtle man no. no, think, yeah. when it comes to writing. You got one. One for one.
3: Torf. The reason the bartender in A New Hope doesn't serve droids is because a droid killed his parents.
1: Oh, is that...
3: Like, based on other lore that we find out.
1: Uh,
2: a canonical lore that is
1: still official?
3: Oh, don't
2: or... do that.
1: Um... <laughs> That's no fun to split yeah. those hairs. That, well, it's that's not true fan true fiction, yeah. but like licensed. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go false.
3: Okay,
1: it's true. <sighs> so uh, I was assuming it was gonna be something different.
3: Yeah, I mean, fair. Uh, no, in 2017, a Star Wars anthology series titled "From a Certain Point of View" was released. It featured short short stories, each told from the perspective of background characters in A New Hope. In the bartender's entry, it was revealed that. That as the droids leave the cantina, the bartender flashes back to how he lost his parents to battle droid- droids during the Clone Wars, an incident which caused him to develop a hatred for droids.
1: So it wasn't his wife left him for a droid. <laughs> that would be a lot.
3: Of I mean, that would be another possibility. Yes. Yeah.
1: Jude Law. Can we talk from a certain point of view? Can we talk really quick? And I know that line's not in this movie, but it really highlights like what kind of asshole the the Disney Plus series has turned Obi Wan Kenobi into, like. I just, he's just a weird liar, <laughs> you know? Like, and it's so, he's hard to watch in this movie because it's like, why are you pretending you don't know R2-D2? Why okay, are you going we, so far out of your we way? We haven't
3: talked, that's the one thing that hasn't been retconned that pisses me off. Every time I see that scene. I don't
1: remember any droids, C-3PO got his memory wiped. Right, and but R2-D2 like, did not, R2 did and, me, and neither I mean, did
3: uh, Obi-Wan. No, that makes me mad every time I watch it. It's
1: so weird. Yeah. And I But I know but I, the point of it is, is like it was... Uh, We've talked about it a bunch earlier, but, like, it was made vaguely enough, and, and they're they're just being like, what can we say? Well, like, I don't remember owning any droids.
3: But, like, that's the one I thing that doesn't... I guess he technically didn't.
1: Yeah. Own, oh, yeah. I, I don't, from I a certain own, point of view. I didn't own this droid. Which, which Obi-Wan's saying, from a certain point of view, which maybe, like, that's why they're not worried about it, because, like, he was always this kind of weird asshole about, <laughs> about half-truths.
3: But, like, I don't know. But, like, when again, when you go back to the Darth Vader of it all, like, all those lines work. That, oh, yeah. No, he doesn't. doesn't. Lie. He doesn't. That, that scene, scene does. he doesn't.
1: He doesn't technically lie ever. I guess. But, like,
3: also, from I feel like- a
1: certain point of view.
3: Yeah, no. R2 makes like a sad noise in that scene too, and it makes me upset. Is it
1: on the Disney Plus version? Because they probably so. added that like three weeks ago. <laughs> I think <laughs> I think he subtitles
3: beep sadly. Beep sadly. Um, so next wharf. Uh, you might, uh Sir Alec Guinness, who played Obi Wan, hated Star Wars.
1: True. Ever? I feel like that's there's like a, Yeah there's like a 9 out of 10 chance Whoever Just throw Pick a name yeah. out of the credits And odds are they hated Star Especially Wars Especially if it
2: wasn't One of the, like the making Of their career
1: Yeah
3: Well that's the thing For Alec Guinness It, it was a paycheck job Like for you know for, for Harrison Ford And Mark Hamill And Carrie Fisher These were star making And he, turns. Was, he
1: had to have been Drunk and angry The entire yeah. time I don't know about the drunk But angry for sure Because he's just like I was in Lawrence of Arabia And Dr. Zhivago was, And what am I Why? What I was are you making these, me say yeah. I was in these desert before making art making goddamned art that's my most matter. memorable
3: line is hello now there. i'm
1: now i'm in pajamas talking about some ancient really like get at what is, what is this don't tell me what to do nerd
3: yeah no he didn't like it i mean but then again like obo said, like,
1: needs an oreo
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> obi-wan needs an oreo
3: uh, but like you said, most of the cast wasn't into it. Yeah. But again, they got more out of it, I think. They
1: clearly got there. into it on at some point. Yeah, yeah. But like, it cut to a couple months later, they're doing, like, garbage Christmas specials. Like, they got into <laughs> they it. They were on board. Yeah.
2: Uh, garbage, this uh-huh. is a really wonderful idea. What an incredible smell you've discovered. Oh.
3: Oh. Torf. And we're going back to, us from a certain point of view, for this one. Uh, in this anthology series, it, it is revealed that the Trash, monst- so you, the trash mo- Monster, you know what I'm talking about, the eye? Of course. Um, that guy was actually an exile from its home planet, hiding in the Death Star. True or false?
2: Oh, he was a stowaway? Yeah. Wait, say that one more time? Uh, the Trash
1: Monster was a stowaway.
3: Yeah. So the Trash Monster from A New Hope was actually an exile from its home planet, hiding in the Death Star. I'm
1: going to go true. Because why would you have that there
2: on that purpose? random. Well, I mean, it could be breaking it down. Like, it's down, digesting all the trash, all this
1: yeah. stuff before they crush kind of it?
2: Compress it, yeah. I guess true. Why not? Uh, I'm going like to go true. It feels like... It, hold on, wait, wait a second. It feels is, this like the, is, is this false? Is this false? And
3: no, it's, submit your answer, and I'll tell you no, if it's it, true. Did, because, it?
2: that, that, cause, cause like, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are you going to try and tell me that <laughs> the, the monster in the Death Star... Is the stowaway that has the titular like, does that does the monster just be like man I'm real tired he's of all these. He's the titular these, New Hope. Oh, the, <laughs> Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, the real, the I'm hope real New Hope actually tired. refers to, to real, this guy. Yeah, I'm real tired of all well, these. Well, he's star dead Wars. now anyway
1: because the whole star, the whole Death Star blew up. But um the uh no I'm gonna go true because that's exactly the kind of nonsense like tragic backstory that we insist on giving bad guys.
3: I mean, it's what they gave the bartender. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I'll go true. It's true.
3: It's false. But it's okay, okay. But there is still more to the story than Man, you think. I'm tired okay. of all these Star Wars. <laughs> okay, uh, the tra- this is crazy. The Trash Monster was actually a Force-sensitive being who was attempting to baptize Luke. It is revealed that the Trash Monster is known as Ami a Force-sensitive warrior who is stolen from her homeworld and sold to the Empire. When Luke ent- enters the trash pit, Ami senses his Force sensitivity and tries to baptize him in an effort to help him submit to the Force. This is mistaken as a hostile act. As Ami baptizes him, she has a vision that Luke Skywalker will go on to do great things.
1: And that's why she lets him go? Yeah. Great. Love it. That's Perfect. Yep. And exactly what, my read of that scene from watching.
2: the movie. It, it was all of ours. So yeah. I was like, you
3: know what? Force since she is a four sense she was trying to baptize him. What
2: what what intern wrote that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was somebody's best job of their entire life. Yeah, yeah. Just,
2: whose son got Again, to that, contribute what to What Nepo lore? baby wrote yeah. that?
3: <laughs> okay, yeah, but that was false. Uh true or false? The word Sith? Palpatine, and Ewok is never spoken in the entire original trilogy. Ah, uh, that
1: is outside the scope of this.
3: No. True and- well, there's not a lot you don't know about Star Wars. So.
1: Uh, Ewok's the only one I'm not sure about, but I'm going to go true, because I'm pretty sure Sith and Palpatine don't get mentioned at all. Yeah. not. He's just the Emperor, and I'm going to go true. It's true.
3: It's true. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um. All right, I think this is the last Torf. Uh, Lucasfilm owns the trademark to the word droid, which I'll just give that you a hint. True. That is true. That is true. this is not the true or false okay, part. Okay, okay, okay. R- yeah. r- hold r- 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 hold r- on, rocks. reel it in. <laughs> uh, this term replaces robot and android in the Star Wars. The terms robot and android are never spoken in Star Wars: A New Hope. True or false? That's the true. test part. True.
2: Yeah, that's it's just droids. droids. That's false. What did they say? Robot. Uh,
3: Luke Skywalker called C-3PO and R2-D2 robots on one occasion, in A New Hope. Uh, he says it instead of droids in front of the destroyed Sandcrawler before going back home. So he does call them robots.
1: Hmm. Okay. Which, by the way, the, that scene in the destroyed uh, Sandcrawler, uh, when he comes back after finding Uncle Owen and Peru and Obi-Wan is having C-3PO pile up the bodies of the Jawas and burn them?
3: Yeah. That's
1: fucked up. And Obi-Wan's just like standing there watching C3PO toss Jawas onto a pile of burning Jawas. Also, <laughs> we haven't talked about how quickly
3: Luke gets over seeing his makeshift yeah, parents he die. He didn't like
1: them anyway. Uh, oh, He's
3: trying to get out. Yeah. yeah. So, so let them die. He did
1: turn the corner into to being like okay, killing people real mm-hmm. fast. Yeah. But I will say like he never he never liked no. Owen and Baru, and either. neither did I. Baru, Baru never did anything wrong. No, she no, no Baru
3: yeah. fine. I mean, Owen's kind of a jerk. Yeah,
1: he's overbearing, far. Although guy. I think
3: they're a little humanized in Obi Wan for all the things that you don't like. is Joel Edgerton again? Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: Joel Edgerton in Revenge of the Sith was hilarious. <laughs> uh,
3: that's all for Torf, though.
1: Okay, thank you for the tours. Mm-hmm. Owen Lars, uh, this is my girlfriend, Baru.
0: Hello, I'm Padme.
1: I guess I'm your stepbrother. Well, we we've been talking uh, about the Meg Two for so long now. We've only got time for one more segment, I believe. Cal, oh, I
3: forgot to think about this. Oh,
1: who would
2: Nicholas Cage be in Star Wars?
3: Oh, I have a, I hadn't thought about this, but I now know the answer. Is it Tarkin? That's yes. mine. Yes, yeah, it's Tarkin.
2: Grand Moff Tarkin. Grand Moff like Tarkin. Modern 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 Nick Cage is Tarkin. Yeah. Okay,
3: I can see. I like I, could dig it.
1: I think Nick Cage. He didn't have to be as old as Cushing was. But like,
2: Tarkin's a good.
1: One. Tarkin, because Tarkin Cushing was great, like that quiet, very refined sort of evil. And like, he's a Nazi. He's a Nazi. Yeah, and like that was scary in its own way. But like, there's there's an interesting way to. I don't think I like it better. I like it also. You know? Yeah. But because like, I think I think adding cages sort of there's there's like an unhinged kind of thing lurking underneath it. You give him some like Caster Troy energy on top of the the uh, Tarkin Nazi energy. Um, I think would be an interesting way to go for Tarkin, but I don't know who else I would, I would, because like, there's those those uh, Empire goons sitting around the table, the conference room in the beginning that I I think he would, Cage would have fun doing, but they they come and they go, like they're too small.
3: There's the guy who like is very making fun of uh, Darth Vader for his like yeah the guy who dippy gets dippy choked religion. out yeah, yeah yeah
1: that guy and the guy he's arguing with mm-hmm. in that scene.
3: Uh, yeah, because I wouldn't want him to replace Harrison or Mark in any stretch of the imagination. Uh, yeah, I mean Tarkin probably.
1: There's not much else. I'm going.
2: Are you with- gonna
3: say Han?
1: No,
2: okay. God no.
3: Jesus <laughs> You're rearing up for a hot take.
2: No, I'm I'm putting him in as like Cornelius Evasin, right? Like he's the. He, do you know who he is? Like the Doctor that like he's just like. He's wanted, and like, he's what, like, yeah, like, he's got the, the death, ki- death, in, death yeah. sentence on the yeah. 12 systems. S- or systems. So, P- Poba
1: Bond, or er, this is a guy from Rogue One, too, right?
2: Panda Boba, right? Like, the guy that gets his arm cut off by Obi-Wan in the cantina scene. Well, when they're giving Luke a hard time, like, the guy that's
1: just like, he's wanted in seven systems. That's yeah. that, that's that that's guy?
2: Nicolas Cage for me.
1: I would love to see that. I would just like to see a little bit more of him. I don't. I don't want to replace Peter Cushing. No, I don't necessarily either. But I feel like that's where you put him if you have to put Nick Cage in. Because I want. I want some mileage out of my Nick Cage. Like otherwise, that's a cameo and it takes me right out of the movie. Like give him a role.
3: Well, that's the thing about but this a cameo game-
1: in '77. He would have been a nobody.
3: Uh. I don't know, like when, whenever we play this game and I try to put him in a small role because I don't want him in a big role, to your point, it takes me out of it. I
2: think I'm we have like the this. caveat of, of how famous he would have been and what version of Nicolas Cage. Because like a young Nicolas Cage would not been like, oh look, there's Nicolas Cage, it takes me out of it, you know?
1: one of his one, I of, do- one of Luke's buddies that got cut out of the first 10 minutes of the movie.
3: He doesn't like you. I'm sorry.
1: I don't like you either. Where's the rank for you guys?
3: Uh, It's my 41. 41. So, so top half.
1: Top half.
2: Okay.
3: Uh-huh.
1: Cal? Me? Oh. This is high for me. This is number three. Number three?
3: Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: I mean, this is like a movie. Like
2: I said, I think I've seen this
1: movie more than any other movie. Yeah. Okay. okay. So there's there's no small amount of uh, heartstrings playing into that. I love Han Solo, man. This is
3: favorite. I mean, that's the one. Han, yeah. Han
2: is my favorite fictional character of all time. Like, this movie...
1: Huge Mount Rushmore in my childhood. I got some great news for you guys. Dan did not have this rank.
3: Are you Either serious? Where.
1: Of course he didn't. And it got taken by Three Amigos.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the fact that he has three. Take it amigos. easy.
1: It got bumped um, from. I had it at. Uh, I had it at seventy-seven. Oh, wow. Maybe I was just confused, and I just wrote down the year it came out. But I, I had it at. I had it at seventy-seven. So not. I mean, you know, you guys are all high. I don't know. I've just. I've gotten. I've gotten softer on Star Wars over the years.
3: I, I really uh, thought I was going to be you're like... Are you trying to
1: say like these, uh, the, this IP-driven Hollywood is ruining it's, things it's for you? It's ruining things for me.
3: We had
2: that
1: discussion already, like Didn't an we? hour and a half ago.
3: Or you might like other Star Wars better. Which- it's
1: entirely... I, I don't know. Yeah, we'll have to figure it. But either way, 77, I you know... I see anything in the top. What would
2: what, you rank? Uh, what, what was uh...
1: Independence Day? Was number fifteen. <laughs> yeah, and, what, and and what was three? What was three amigos for you? Fifty something, I believe. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 Okay. No, and that's the great part about being in season two of this show yeah. is now we can start to really judge each other yeah. yeah. based on where things rank versus yeah. other things.
3: There's a lot of divergence there. So it's three lists: three, forty-one, seventy-seven. Yeah. Like, Let's like, see where, I'm where it ends up. the fifty up. mark, I would say. Twenty. Hey-oh. That's higher. Then.
1: It is at twenty. And listen, I, I'm not. I'm not going to bother with the, the strike folder on this one. I no, don't, think, I don't yeah. think that's even I think a discussion now, because uh, there's no way you will allow it. I will not now. At number three. So I, do Wars I need number, to filibuster I right now? Number twenty. No, I. I'll save you the, the effort of filibustering. Because um, there is a very famous Star Wars filibuster that I would probably quote. <laughs> you just
2: go. go <laughs>
3: yeah. I forgot about that.
1: <laughs> okay. Well. Hey, listen, thanks for talking about Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any, any last parting parting thoughts about Star Wars? It's a good movie. Any last parting thoughts about The Meg 2? Good poster.
3: Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah.
1: Great, we did it. Uh, and thank you for watching, for hanging out with us while we're uh, talking about Star Wars for a real long time, I feel like. Um, and of course, uh, thank you to Tayo Yakin for, by the way, another outstanding Incredible. 3D-printed uh, Darth Vader in a plant. Um, I'm not going to touch it, but do you think that the plan is also 3D printed? It It does does look look fake. fake. Okay. Careful. Anyway, thank you to Tayo for the Darth Vader. Thank you to Jamie Parslow for turning all of these cameras on, going through the trouble of turning lights on as well. Ryan Franzen, once again, the only important one of us uh, that's working today. Um, Dan?
3: Didn't even have it on his list. Didn't even,
1: Didn't have, it even have it on his list. Star Wars. So Star Wars just can't rem- even thank Dan. J- just, just <laughs> <remember>. <laughs> George Lucas Mad himself. George yeah. Lucas himself has no reason to thank Dan. Well. Uh, so neither will we. Did he have Did he have uh, uh, Raiders. Raiders on his list? I doubt it. Probably I, I mean, probably. Who knows? I, I don't, I don't know. 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 It's all slander at this point. But tune in next week. Next week we're going to be uh, continuing season two with Disney's Robin Hood. The animated one from, from the 70s.
3: Oh, that's fun! So we did
1: be, not. Finally, we get an animated film. Yeah. That's the first animated film that we've done, right? Oh yeah. Uh,
3: Roger Rabbit was partially. Part.
1: That's true. Yeah. yeah. There you go. First fully animated film. So come back for that next week. In the meantime, stay safe. Be good. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye, everybody. May
3: the force be with you. May the force be with you. That feels like mm-hmm. something we yeah. ought to say. There you go.